You're listening to a Skewed Orbit original podcast. Um, just turning down my son's hatch here. All of a sudden, I feel like Mr. Rogers. I'm like, let me tell you a story. Guys, Rachel LaForce here. Getting into basic instincts. Getting back to it. Uh, I am awaiting the lovely Brandy Brooks, who's going to be interviewing me uh, tonight all about uh, Jonah's birth and entrance into the world and spirit guides and bears and it's a story okay it's a story there's yeah I mean what a trip what an absolute trip uh let me see I'm gonna invite uh Brandy on here if I can remember how it works it is gonna be exciting um it's quite a story and I know Brandy has some uh stuff that she is gonna be asking um about as well so it's going to be pretty interesting let's see if i can get her here and if she's not here we'll just uh we'll vamp because we got some friends here uh i also might eat a chocolate chip cookie guys shout out for meal train i don't know if you've had babies if you haven't had a baby if you got friends that have babies uh guys hook your friends up with meals Great question, Jamie Grace. Uh, my in-laws are here, so he is downstairs hanging out. Uh, so he's well taken care of. I just hoovered brisket into my face. My family's still eating dinner downstairs. Uh, and I came up here. Um, so that's where we're at. Um, while I wait for Brandy, I'll just kind of uh, share how this all went down. So uh, our due date was July 1st. Um, and you know, where it's always like, like, I feel like the whole process, everyone's like, trust your body. Like, you'll know, you'll know, um, which I appreciate. Like, obviously I'm like all about that. I mean, that's half the, the whole point of this podcast is teaching people how to trust their instincts. Right. But you live in LA, you hear it a lot. You're like, yeah, I got it. You know, like everyone's like, it's your energy. It's like, yeah, you're a lot of energy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tone it down, Brenda. Um, but I, uh, yeah, oh, thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, just was really listening and checking in, and I'm like, oh, this baby's coming early, like, for sure. Everyone's like, first-time baby, and we already knew he was weighing closer to eight and a half pounds. My doctor's like, he's for sure going to come late, like, no big deal. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So much activity in here. Like, he dropped early. I'm like, this baby's coming early. I can totally feel it. So then my due date comes and goes and, oh, here we go. Brandy, I am on, um, perfect, perfect. I'm going to resend this to her. Um, and yeah, so my due date comes and goes and I'm like, certainly, you know, we already had an induction set for July 8th. 
And I'm like, certainly he's not going to be another seven days. That won't happen. Certainly that won't happen. Um, and I'm like waiting and waiting and nothing's happening. And, um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this baby is going to be induced. Like that's, that's what's happening. Um, and it took me a minute to like wrap my head around that. Cause you may, I worked with a doula and you make, you know, like a birth plan. And, but as my doula said, the shout out to the wonderful, uh, modern doula LA, if you're looking for a good follow, I highly, highly recommend, uh, Stacy's page. And, um, I think, oh, there we are, babies. Um, I think Brandy is also live. I think this got lost in translation. So we'll see if she jumps over. I'm just going to keep talking. Um, so, um, yeah. So I'm like, okay, we're doing this. We're getting induced. We had this like birth plan, unmedicated. Alex learned all of the coping strategies and positions. We're like, okay, we got this. Like we, you know, we've been practicing. We know what we're doing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't think, I have no idea how this is going to go down. So I started to have like a lot of anxiety and I'm like trying to mitigate it, trying to mitigate it. And I'm like, okay, like we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. But it just kept getting worse and worse. And I haven't had anxiety in so long that I was like, dude, this like isn't normal. Like I should not be feeling like this. So I'm like, maybe I'm just scared. Like, there's nothing to worry about. I'm just scared. It's not real. So I, uh, the night before the induction, because I'm like, okay, it's here. I, uh, I had my doula reached out and she's like, hey, I have this amazing massage therapist and she does uh, inductions, like induction massages. Uh, she's got a seven o'clock left if you want it. And I was like, I'll take it. This is like five o'clock. And my body was so anxious. I'm like, this will be great. I'll lay down. Like it'll be this beautiful massage. This is going to be perfect. So I get there. I'm like, so frazzled. I'm like pinging all over. And this woman just like places her hands on me and my whole body just like melts. Like I'm like this 120 minute like induction massage. It was like absolutely beautiful. So I, she's playing. Okay. So here's where the spirit guides come in. Okay. So they're going to, it's a very clear, you know, I'm a storyteller. So I love a good, uh, clear beginning, middle and end. So buckle up my friends. So I, she's playing this like beautiful tribal music. Right. And, um, I, oh, Brandy, I'm going back on. Okay, we'll see if she joins. So um, she is playing this tribal music and all of a sudden I'm falling like, and some of you might be, oh, there's my girl. Let's see, here we go. Here we go. Brandy Brooks, here we go. Um. Some of you, so I'm going to pause here because I know Brandy's going to have all sorts of questions. Rachel! Thought, 
<gasps> I go, I'm so sorry. I just go, I think we're both live. And I was already, I was already getting to the spirit guides. And I'm like, Rachel, I was so terrified in there. Well, that's, I'm really impressed. So, so you went live too. I realized we didn't even touch base because you're like, I'm on. I'm like, I know I'm sending it to you. Then I'm like, oh my gosh, she means like, she's also live waiting for me. So I'm sorry. Oh, no. Wait, hold on. We have to hold on. Anyway. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess Rav, my friend Ravi wanted to join unless she's a mom too. I don't know how to tell her to join your... Well, if she comes back to you, she'll pop up here. She will? Yeah, I mean, because it'll still pop up that you're live, so she should be able to and then join the conversation. Okay, got it. Okay, all righty. Yeah, so I was just uh, vamping while sweating. My in-laws are here, and we're downstairs eating brisket. I just took it to the face and dropped off my baby with... um, with my father-in-law and I was like, I gotta go. And I ran upstairs. <laughs> and then I was beginning to share about the onset anxiety of my um, looming induction. And then I was, I was basically at the night before um, his induction. So that's, that's, that's where-, where we left off. Okay, well, while you were running up the stairs after eating brisket, dropping off your baby, I was in a room saying, oh, God, this feels worse than uh, flailing on stage doing stand-up comedy. I'm not good on my own. Ah! (laughs) To yourself or live? Oh, it was just me and one other person. And she couldn't, and I know her, and we couldn't, like, communicate. I was like, this is very strange because I can't hear you, and I have to talk to you. Anyway, I'm sorry. I hope you saved that video. <laughs> no, I did not. I don't want anyone to see that. <laughs> I'm I'm so happy to see your face. Yeah, me you too. Look- I uh it was a little touch and go. <laughs> Didn't know how it was gonna go. So um Okay, can we start from the beginning? Yes. So um Got pregnant in October. Uh, <laughs> How did you get pregnant, Rachel? Uh, <laughs> guys, welcome to the podcast. This is we're going to teach you about your body. Uh, <laughs> although I feel like in another life, I was for sure a sex education teacher. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Very hands-on. Lots of scarves. Um, a little bit of an ascot. Okay. <laughs> No, okay, so I was just sharing that, um, and you know, I saw you a fair amount through the pregnancy. I saw you um, in the beginning of June for the baby shower. Yes. And so I was saying that I was like, I was certain that Jonah was going to come early. You know, like physically the way I felt, even though science, everyone's like, first time moms, bigger baby, he's going right. to come. I'm like, I know my body, okay? Yeah. He's, he's coming early. So then when he didn't, and he didn't even come on the due date, and he yeah. didn't. The next day, I just, I was like, something is not right. But how do you quantify? Like, I can't quantify that to a doctor. If he's like, your heart rate's fine. Your baby heart rate's fine. I think anxiety. So I'm like, 
okay, until something's wrong, then everything is right, right? If there's something wrong, then everything's fine. Um, and my blood pressure was so high for like two days before the induction. And, you know, because when you, I'm working with a doula and you make a birth plan, but again, shout out to my amazing doula, uh, Stacy, and she calls them birth preferences because we can't make a plan because we go on baby's plan, right? Right. And for whatever reason, the whole way through the entire pregnancy when people would be like, oh, are you giving birth in a hospital? Or like, what are you doing? Like I was always like, well, our, um, like our plan is, and then I'd be like, but I'm open to whatever happens. And I think I knew that what I had planned was not gonna happen, but I didn't know what was gonna happen. Mm. And the other reason I knew that was I never visualized his birth. Mm. And uh, you guys know I love a good visualization exercise. <laughs> I think it's the best way to bring what you want into your life. I know you're curious, like, I, you know, where I'm like, oh, I know, like, what I look like the morning. And they're like, you were nominated for an Emmy. I'm like, oh, this is such a surprise. <laughs> oh, my God. I had no idea. Um, like, everything. I can see it. I can see all of it. But I could not see Jonah getting here. And I knew he was going to mm. I knew we were going to be okay. I didn't feel like that God forbid something that he would not make it. Yeah. But I'm like, something's not right. Um, and, uh, so I, the night before I'm so anxious, I'm talking to my doula about it and she was like, hi Tyler. And, hi, babe. And uh, she's like, hey, I have this amazing massage therapist. She does induction massages. She's fantastic. She has a seven o'clock if you want it. I'm like, fine. I didn't even care how much it was. I'm like, I don't even care. We'll mortgage the house. I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, where are you going? You, like, we go to the hospital in 12 hours. I was like, just drive. So yeah. he takes me to this woman who I had, like, not even seen yet. And I'm, like, greeted just by this, like, angel woman named Jojo, you know? And she is so lovely and wonderful. And I was like, hey, I'm having a lot of anxiety about this pregnancy, like kind of shared through what's going on. She's like, great, we're gonna take care of it, lay down. So I lay down for this 120 minute massage and she's playing like indigenous tribal music. Yes. And I, go into some sort of space that I've never been. Now, I'd like to just make this a disclaimer because as a white woman, I don't want to be like, my spirit guides came and they were Hopi, you know, Native Americans. So I would like to say that I'm sharing what um, was true to me and uh, with as much authenticity is that I can share and it's not my intention to be like, um, you know, like Juliana Rancic is my spirit guide. Like I am actually meaning to share this as something that is very vulnerable um, and very real and not in any way uh, uh, meaning to diminish the experience of indigenous people, et cetera. Um, and if well, I can we uh, just, you know, let's preface that with, if anyone listened to our podcast, they know that I went on a spirit quest as a drag. Like I had a past life regression. <laughs> I was a fucking dragon. So, you know, 
it is what it is. Yeah. You know? But so much, I don't, I just share that because so much of our work is uh, creating more equity in spaces and share spaces uh, for uh, non-whites. And so it's just important for me to share that. Um, so with that being said, here's what the F happened, okay? <laughs> Mama just falls back with the rub down and I suddenly, I can't believe I'm sharing this. So I suddenly um, am in this almost um, space that's all the color of sage. Like mm -hmm. it almost looked like an infinity room and it's just that color. And all of a sudden this maybe four foot seven um grandmother lady with so indigenous woman with so many wrinkles you could barely see her eyes just pops up in front of me and looks up at me and goes well this will be hard <laughs> and i'm like what and she goes come on and then i just follow this like if you've ever seen she kind of looked like um i'm sure my subconscious brought it up because she kind of looks like the grandmother from uh, Coco or uh, the tree from Pocahontas. Okay. <laughs> so I think that's where like my subconscious found this like face. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Art, come on. Walks me into a very traditional wigwam. And on either side are it's flanked with women from this indigenous tribe. Okay of all different ages. Some of them are holding, I'm getting goosebumps again. Some of them are holding babies. Some of them like, uh, I mean, all different and like all different faces and they're all just there, like holding space for me essentially. Yeah. And the, um, the woman who led me there, who I would come to know as Mama Bear, um, doesn't speak to me, but I hear her say, she's like, um, they're here because you've been here before and you've given birth before. And she was like, you just need to remember. But she's walking in front of me, but I just hear her tell me that. And I'm like making eye contact with all of these women. And then we like walk to the center of this space and there's a medicine man there and he is doing this chant um that i'm going to try in all authenticity to do for you right now um and uh let's see if i can um like that just over and over and over this tone that's important you need to remember that part okay so I sit down with this medicine man and he's just sitting there um, like cross-legged and, uh, and has this like talisman yeah. and, um, and mama bear uh, just says, reach out. And I'm like, what? And she's like, he's here. So I essentially reach out and then I'm like holding a baby. And so she was like, so you're fine. He's here. And she was like, that's like, he's here. You're fine. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, okay, come on. And then, you know, still is waddling in front of me and this wigwam is still going on and we walk through the whole other side and I can no longer hear the chanting anymore. And we're back in this sage colored infinity room and she's now holding this 
talisman. So it's almost like a, um, not like a didgeridoo, but you know, some sort of like, uh, like totem stick. And then at the very top are different talisman and, uh, and like feathers and things. So she's holding that and walking ahead of me. And, uh, and then she, she just goes and, uh, and she was like, and whenever you forget, you just go one, two, three, one, two. And it's her bouncing back and forth on her feet. So she was just like, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, two. And we're just walking, walking, walking through this like sage infinity space. And I'm holding Jonah this like nondescript baby that's mine. Right. And she's sharing all this information with me. But again, she's not talking. She's just leading me doing this chant of one, two, three, one, two. And I'm following her. And one of the things she said was, whenever you lose your way, you just come back here and you remember one, two, three, one, two. And she was like, and you're going to have to walk the whole way. So she walked me the whole Hold way. On. Hold on for one second. I know my face is very expressive. You know this about me, Ty, but my mind is blown. Can we just, okay. can, we, can we also uh, let anyone who has come on with the, within the last five to eight minutes, let them know that this was just your experience that you had with the masseuse. So this okay. isn't- We're not even in labor yet. We're not even in labor. This, this this whole part is just imperative and important for everyone to understand the gravity of like, this is also why I don't do drugs, okay? Because here's the thing. <laughs> oh, I need to do mushrooms to expand my mind. I'm like, I just need to pay somebody to touch my body and like, this is what happens. Really? You know, like, like, my husband loves nothing more than going to Joshua Tree and doing like a little bit of micro dose. He loves it. He's like, oh, I like I, my mind expands. It's great. I'm like, no, fuck that. I just need to be quiet and light a candle and like shit happens. You know what I mean? I'm like, really? that's why I don't mess with drugs. Um, so that was more or less the experience. And she, uh, at one point, we were back in the wigwam again with um, the medicine man who was chanting. And she said, um, you know, uh, again, like you've been here before like you, you know, like you are one of us. And she said, um, and their totem is a brown bear. Mm. And she was like, uh, cause I remember I said, well, what is your name? What do I call you? And I felt like she was trying to tell me like, like her actual indigenous name, but for whatever reason, like in my psyche, it just came out as mama bear. And I remember being disappointed where I was like, that doesn't, that's not it. What is it? Really? it she was more like, she was basically like, that's all I need to know. Just call me. Yeah. <laughs> like, feels a little whitewashed, but I'll take it. You know, a little disappointed. Um, and she said, well, you have a name too. And your name is Beauty Bear. And this will tell you when my ego comes in because I'm like, beauty. There's nothing about my identity that I associate with beauty. Like I've never been the, you know, people are never like, oh, you're so beautiful. And like, like just those accolades have never been associated with me. So I was like, it felt very inauthentic. And she said, no, no, no. Your idea of beauty is, um, is so small. 
She said, that's not how we identify beauty. We identify beauty in the way that uh, people express themselves. We identify beauty in what we create. And she said, you know, we are the people of bears because we are fearless. We are big, we take up space, we are ferocious. And, um, and she said, and we, and we lead and we are on, you know, we, we walk on two feet and we take what we need. And she said, but we also um, value deep, deep rest. And, uh, and she said, and, and you are beauty bear, you create ferociously. And, um, and, you know, and she was like, and you have this expansion that you are not even aware of that, that you possess. And she was like, so beauty bear is absolutely your name. And, um, and she was like, so I want you to remember this when, um, when you walk through this labor, that you, that you are completely capable of this and that you are a, a ferocious bear and that there is nothing to be scared of, okay? This is all still in the 120 minute massage, okay? Really? <laughs> so now the massage is over and I'm starting to come back out of this and I'm going, what the fuck is about to happen tomorrow, okay? Like, I'm like, can I tell anyone about this? Like, it was so, so profound for me. And I always say this to people, because some people subscribe to all of this. They've had these experiences. And some people are like, you live in LA and spend too much money on matcha lattes, you know? Um, yeah. And to me, it doesn't matter what other people view of this experience to me, it was incredibly, incredibly profound. But then I was like, fuck, now I'm even more scared for the next day. Like, what the hell is about to happen? So uh, we, oh, also in a weird turn of events, my mom was not supposed to be in town. She surprised me a couple of days before. So, and then, uh, I mean, even though now we're going back and forth with COVID specifically in LA and masks, but the hospital had opened up to where my mom and my husband and my doula could all be in the room. So magically, I mean, up until like two days prior, the only two people that were gonna be allowed in were my, were my husband and Stacy, our doula. And now suddenly by divine timing, my mom can be here. It's also important to note, that my mom is a nurse practitioner and works in and out of hospitals. I have not been in a hospital since I was in the first grade. Um, I did not go and view this hospital. I do not like hospitals. I am not here for them. I have <laughs> an empath, okay? Like you need to close all these doors because I'm picking <laughs> up everybody's experience and it's too much, okay? It's too much. <laughs> So I am terrified and I'm like, don't tell your husband you're scared. Don't like, I just kept going back to one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, two. I'm like, we're going to be okay. So they I mean, I feel that you just need to write a children's book after this experience. Uh, please continue. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> The other crazy thing about all this is that I'm, I'm actually doing this from Jonah's room right now. But uh, one of the things I made for him, you know, the um, Eric Carl book, Brown Bear, Brown Bear, What Do You See? I love that book. So I put up Jonah Bear, Jonah Bear, What Do You See? And I've called him Jonah Bear since I named him Jonah in the womb. And now suddenly I'm like, we're bear people. You know? <laughs> <laughs> We've been bears the whole time. 
<laughs> Here's also what I need to say. I don't know the last time you guys were in hospitals or if you are nurses or if you work with nurses. I'm around people in entertainment all the time in comics. So they have very low self-esteem and they <laughs> you to like them, okay? So they're presentational. They give you a little pizzazz. These nurses, no pizzazz, okay? <laughs> I'm like, give me a little showmanship here, okay? I am petrified about what's gonna happen. And they're like, do, 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 chit chatting, like putting in my IV. And I'm like, I'm sorry, friend, like, look at the eye first. You know what I mean? Like, buy me. Look me in the eye before you insert me. Yes. Yeah. Like, Come on, man. So. Uh, they get my IV and all this stuff's going on and I can tell that my heart is racing, but I like keep trying to bring myself down. So then my OB shows up and he goes, are you all right? And he's effing phenomenal. Same yeah, you really loved him from the very beginning. Oh my God. And again, like he must be a bear person too. Um, <laughs> and he, I mean, is this just very physically present, beautiful black man with just this, effervescence and energy that enters the room before he does. And he literally was the only thing other than my family that immediately made me feel safe. Like every time he was in the room, I could feel my blood pressure come down. So he walks in, he said, how are you doing? And I said, um, I'm not well. And he goes, I didn't think so. And he was, <laughs> your, um, she was like, your uh, blood pressure is really high. And he said, we had no issues with your blood pressure your entire pregnancy. He was like, so I'm going to keep my eye on it. He's like, my assumption is you're just nervous. Um, but he said, we did find proteins in your urine. So you're now uh, at preeclampsia, which is very scary. But um, typically, if you have preeclampsia earlier, in like 37 or 38 weeks, they'll induce you right away because they need to get the baby out. So he's like... We're not going to be that scared. We're already inducing you. You're already where you need to be. We're just going to keep our eye on it. And I'm like, great. I've caused my body preeclampsia because I can't <laughs> slow down. And I can't tell people that I'm a bear. Like, I don't <laughs> And, you know, half of the reason why I didn't initially want my mom in, I wanted my mom at the hospital, but why I was conscientious of having her in the room is... My mom, she would tell you differently, but she's got a lot of anxiety. <laughs> so as soon as there's proteins in your urine, my mom's like, oh, did you, know, did you know you're preeclampsia? And I'm like, did you know you're not helping right now? <laughs> I'm like, like, can you go get a coffee? Can you do, do a round, please? Laura, yes, we need a book and a movie. I'm like, <laughs> working on it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah beauty bear beauty bear what do you see uh, <laughs> you like eating mushrooms this is one fucking hell of a story but i'm a bear person i've been one the whole time dude i'm a bit like now i'm like analyzing the people in my life i'm like are you a bear literally no that's what i was thinking now, for the rest of our lives you're gonna be like you're not a bear person that's okay i accept you but you're not a bear person you're not a bear person. <laughs> and you know should i base life choices 
of who I let into my life based off of a potentially, you know, like a, a hallucination. I don't know. <laughs> Tell me. Okay. <laughs> but also, true or not, it got me through my fucking labor. Okay. So here we go. So uh, with an induction, if you're not familiar, basically what happens is they are uh, pumping synthetic. Uh, yeah, exactly. Bird, cat, bear. I love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, ooh, yeah, you have to change the game to play. Is this person a bear? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you credit on that one. I cannot take that credit. You're going to get all the credit every time I play that game. So uh, in induction, basically, they're pumping your body full of synthetic hormones that typically make a baby come. So oxytocin, which, uh, you know, obviously is like a happy hormone. Uh, we tend to get uh, high volumes of oxytocin. Uh, when we're in love, when you are sexually active, you know, all the pleasure senses. Sure. Um, and so Pitocin is synthetic oxytocin, okay? Um, so they pump your body full of this synthetic, which, you know, anything synthetic, <laughs> not great. Yeah. Um, oh. And, you know, I might spiritually be a bear, um, physically, I'm a piece of origami paper, okay? Just very thin, very delicate, okay? Like, it doesn't take a lot to, like, knock me the fuck out, okay? So this was also why I was, like, wanting to avoid induction at all costs, because I... Fucking origami! <laughs> did. For real, okay? Just hold me up like just a little bear, little paper bear. Okay, that's what my name should have been, not beauty bears, paper bear. Um, so, uh, so the pitocin. Now, here's the other thing: is my plan was to do an unmedicated birth, right? Which is already very, very difficult. Did you have an epidural? I don't know if you want to share, but did you have uh, an epidural when you had Sid? Yes, I did. So. Um, I was super open to an epidural. Folks, if you're not familiar, um, that is an anesthesiologist comes in and they uh, insert a, uh, a needle into your spine. And that's where they put in, uh, there's various drugs that they utilize, uh, not all at once, but obviously different types, uh, depending on where you're at. And uh, it makes the lower half of your body numb. That's yeah. the so they're great. I spoiler have now had one highly recommend okay yeah they're, they're awesome i wasn't going to and at the very last minute it was like i can't do this so i was fully prepared i actually have a pretty high pain tolerance when it comes to, like physical pain mm. like uh fully prepared to uh do a vaginal unmedicated birth well i had read and spoken with friends that were induced and they're like dude pitocin will fuck you up so basically um when a woman transitions, so that means when you're dilating, right? So your cervix has to open for a baby to come through. It'll dilate to 10 centimeters. That's as wide as it goes. So hope your baby's head isn't huge, right? Um, <laughs> that's it. Okay, that's the passageway. So what happens is uh, the, yeah, so the Pitocin slowly expands it. Now, when you're going from about a 7 to a 10, that's what they call transition. That's yeah. normal the time that women who are doing it unmedicated struggle the most because it becomes almost like unbearable pain. It's very yes. difficult. Yeah. So 
Pitocin basically starts your uh, contractions at a level of pain that is transition. Now I had read this, everything. I think I was so overwhelmed with everything that was going on. All of these internal bells and whistles are going off. You know, a bear, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So they start giving you Pitocin. Well, at first, nothing really happens. And you can see on the, on the monitor, like, oh, there's a contraction. It's like, oh, that's like, it's cute. You know, it's kind of like a period cramp, you know? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So then uh, they have to move me because there's a co-patient coming in. So now I'm easing my way into labor, active labor, and they have to move us to a different room across like the whole thing. Fuck that. So this requires like wires being taken out, like bags and bags of shit being packed up. Like this is not the time that you want to sublet. You know what I mean? Like you're like, this is not. <laughs> so they move us to the other room. And, but which was so interesting because the first room we were in was very, it was much older. It was like on an older wing. And it just, again, I was like not here for it. So they move us into this new room that had like dusty pink walls and just kind of felt like a warm vulva, you know? <laughs> I'm like, this is nice. This is where, and the room was 718. And I was like, oh, this is where we're going to have birth. This is where we're going to birth Jonah um, because uh, 718 is seven and nine. And he was coming on July 9th. So I was like, oh, this is it. Like, we're where this is going to go down. So they move me in there. And then this is when this Pitocin really kicks up. And all of a sudden, all I really remember is I'm, my head is down like this. And I'm moving my hips. I'm standing. And I start chanting. And I realized the chant that I was doing was what the medicine man was doing. Well, everybody in the room had been talking and then they start hearing me do this chant and everyone goes silent. Now, again, with contractions, they're not continual. So they'll go for about a minute and they heighten in the middle and they come down and then you have a reprieve and then they come again. So then I lift my head and everyone in the room goes, where did you just go? Like, every, like all of a sudden, everybody was aware of like that was not like you just left your body yeah so then it just keeps increasing and ramping up and I'm getting like louder and louder and louder and like now my doula is full on like full on like physically moving my body um Alex is there the whole thing but it's getting so much like pain that I was like, there's no, I don't think I can keep doing this, but I was still in this phase of like, I'll just keep going, just keep going. Then it ramped up to where I literally felt like my body was being like ripped in half. And I start, um, so they also tell you when you're having really heavy contractions to drop your voice down. <sighs> so like really low tones like that, because then you're like anchoring um, basically the sound alleviates that pain. It kind of like opens you up. So not high, you don't want to scream because then you're working against it, but if you go low. Mm -hmm. So I start like, 
I mean, I am surprised. I'm, I don't know how Alex didn't just start screaming and like unplugging shit. I think I terrified him because all of a sudden I'm like, <laughs> like full on doing anything possible to like keep it together, you know? Cause I'm, cause at this point, oh, also at this point, I've been in labor for like fucking 14 hours, okay? So this is 3 a.m., okay? We checked into the hospital at one, at one, no, at noon, noon the day before. It's now 3 a.m., okay? So the pain is so bad. I'm like, certainly at this point, I'm in transition. I, <laughs> I can do this for another however long. So I look at the, at the nurse in between this last contraction, and they're getting closer and closer. I said, you've got to check uh, my cervix. And so she checks, and I'm only at 4.5, okay? Fuck. So, which, again, if you know numbers, that's not even halfway to 10, okay? <laughs> so I realize, I'm like, I'm going to fucking die. I'm going to be the first person <laughs> that dies from Pitocin, <laughs> which is fake oxytocin. <laughs> like, be fun. And so I'm like, all right. So I just start, I'm like, I go, when she, as soon as she told me that, I just started screaming, done. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. And the nurse, I had the best nurse by this time. I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to go pick her up a Trader Joe's gift card and drop it off to her because I just, she saved my life, you know? At least I Trader Joe's, you know? She was, my night nurse was like phenomenal. I mean, like nice. when I left, I was like ready to be like, you know. Um, do you want to be friends? Uh, yeah. and <laughs> she just was so great. Like she actually, I felt like was listening to me, was seeing me, the other nurses like coming in and out, worried about their charting, not paying attention. And this woman was like, literally physically there with me. What do you need? Like in the room with me. And it makes all the difference. And she goes, if I turn the Pitocin off, it's going to slow your labor. Are you sure? I go, I don't care. I was like, you got to turn it off. So they turn it off. And then slowly after about 15 minutes, those contractions come down to normal, which is still awful. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my husband just joined, so he might be able to speak to uh, the horrificness that was <laughs> me on Pitocin and me growling like a bear, okay? Alex, you're a champ. <laughs> Absolutely insane. So they turn the Pitocin off and that's where I'm like, I'm like, I need an epidural. You gotta call somebody right now. So they call in this, just, I've never been so excited to see just this, uh, I think it was Dr. Kim. Oh, when he got there, I'm like, Dr. Kim! <laughs> oh, Dr. Kim. Well, now I'm terrified because, again, what's so scary is, you know, when they, first of all, you're getting a fucking needle into your spine. Like, yeah. terrifying. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. does it work most of the time? Sure. Could it also paralyze me for the rest of my life? I mean, it could, you know? See, that wasn't even a thought in my, like, 20-year-old brain. I was like, Give it to me now. Because but most people are not origami paper. Most people. <laughs> I'm the only one that I'm like. But also, but also, to be fair, like, that's a perfectly fine thought. Like, one little slip, they could jam the wrong place. Yeah. 
I'm like, I don't know you, Dr. Kim. I didn't hire you. You know what I mean? Right. I've seen documentaries. You're an anesthesiologist. <laughs> you could be high as a fucking kite right now, okay? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't know your life, Dr. Kim, you know? It's true. But at this point, I'm like, I, I mean, I would have, if they were like heroin's your only option, I'd be like, well, hope we don't get addicted. Just give it, <laughs> like, I need anything. So, um, not to light of heroin addiction. That's a podcast. <laughs> of course, of course not. So, uh, you know, and they have you lean over and um, it's terrifying at first because, yeah, when they put it in and then he goes, can you taste metal? You know, and, in and instantly I'm like, Dude, is that metal? Is that what I'm tasting? I don't, you know, <laughs> don't fuck it up right now, LaForce. And, um, and then he's like, uh, is your vision blurred? And I want to be like, yeah, because I about just like killed myself for the last three hours. Like, so that's what was hard is he's asked me these questions. I'm like, I don't know, dog, like my body is fucked right now. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You know, there's no baseline of normalcy for me. That left yesterday at 11 a.m. before I walked in this building, okay? <laughs> also, also, he asked these, you know, really important questions to someone that is, like, beyond an empath and, you know, I don't know, maybe a normal person would have been able to answer yes or no, I, I, you know, about tasting metal in their mouth. You, I think, you know, hey, anything that tastes like metal. That's what I mean. Where I'm like, what kind of metal? Like pennies? Right, right. Are we talking about fucking nickel? Are we talking about I, what, what's the other metals out there? I don't know. All right, continue. Yeah, so he, yeah, that's another thing. I'm like, I don't really know a lot about metals. <laughs> so... Or even the ones they give out. I've never really won. Yeah. So, um, although I should have gotten a medal for this fucking labor, okay? <laughs> and now he's like, great, you should start to feel relief in like 10 to 15 minutes. My body is still just pulsating from that Pitocin and like everything that just happened. And then very, very slowly I start to come down. Mm. And I don't think I have ever been so grateful for relief in my entire life like probably five minutes after I realized like no hyperbole that like I actually was not going to die um then I'm just instantly back to telling jokes that's when my <laughs> goes okay well she's good I think I'm gonna go home for the night I'll come back in the morning no way <laughs> yeah, because, I mean at that point again I'm only four and a half centimeters in we yeah been at this for 13 hours I had to turn the Pitocin off which means now they got to turn it back on that this epidural is in yeah it's now like four in the morning nobody's slept um you know and as much relief as I felt and then instantly I'm like wait a minute I still have to fucking birth this baby like, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I was like oh it's done it's done and I'm like fuck I still have to like have this thing Dude, like, there are other people doing this in this building right now? Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing, okay? And then the best part is, like, okay, you should get some sleep. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, I'll just turn my brain off. <laughs> you know, my mom is, like, asleep sitting up in, like, this awful chair. You know, my husband's trying to sleep. He's already seen me just, like, 
you know, in a state that I don't even think, I mean, and I'm fairly dramatic and I don't think he's ever seen me like that. Uh, you know what? I, that is um, the sleeping thing is something that I think probably a lot of women, we all share that same thing when, you know, we go through um, many hours of labor. Uh, after the epidural, I was supposed to sleep. I couldn't fucking sleep. Like, oh, I do it. Yeah. I'm uh, like, I, and so I'm like, okay, I guess I'll like close my eyes. Yeah. So now my body's readjusting to like, oh, this is what an epidural feels like. Yeah. Now, like my body has done so many different fucking rigmaroles that I'm like, okay, now I'm adjusting to like, this is now what my baseline is in my body. So, and also, I mean, I was 218 pounds by the time uh, I was giving birth. So my legs numb are just like, just sacks of potatoes. Like, <laughs> I mean, to even try to move anywhere, I mean, I couldn't, I needed help. I'm like, I need a fucking forklift. I can't, like, I couldn't anything, <laughs> you know? Oh, and then the catheter. Then they got to put a catheter in you because, you know, you can't pee. That was awful. I remember that too. Yes. It's so bad. Wait, okay, so now that you, um, because you've recently experienced it, what does an epidural feel like for those who've never had it? Um, if you can remember. Yeah, I, well, so I actually ended up having a little bit of uh, breakthrough pain, uh, which I actually, when I went to push, which I actually liked because my, the biggest reason why I wanted to do an unmedicated birth versus with an epidural uh, is not because I'm a hero, but um, to me, I thought I would have less anxiety if I could feel what my body was trying to do. Sure. My fear was if I can't feel it, it's gonna be harder for me to intuitively connect with Jonah and let my body do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. So I was actually, I mean, my body was so spent by the time I was pushing and there was that breakthrough pain that I was like, Jess, let's get this over with but I was grateful to feel a little bit so that I knew what I was pushing against. But basically it just, if you've ever had like a Novocaine in your mouth or something, it's just that, but for the lower half of your body. So you just can't, and really it manifests itself as you can't feel your legs, but you can't feel any of your contractions. Um, so frankly, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here for the epidural, you know what I mean? Um, that'll be my new merch, you know? <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, so then now it's morning and <clears throat> this is the first time I'm seeing Dr. Dennis again. And he comes in and he's like, how are we doing? And I'm like, how are we doing? <laughs> and I, no. So good question. Can you stand it all? No. Now there is what's called a walking epidural, um, which was what I had in my plan was if I was to switch to an epidural, I was going to get a walking epidural. Now I called for one uh, as a huge Hail Mary at four in the morning. So beggars can't be choosers, right? Get a walking epidural, um, which is good because I would have walked out of the hospital. So <laughs> it's probably that that didn't happen. Um, yeah, so they just move you around. I mean, and they don't really need to move you because um, hopefully the idea is that the baby's going to be coming. So, but 
you know, some women don't mind having back labor, meaning you're laying on your back in bed. Um, I'd prefer a little bit more like range of movement, but again, everyone's different. So yeah, you can't stand, you can't move. That's why they put a catheter in you, the whole thing. So it's now morning. Yeah. And he's like, how are we doing? And I'm like, falling apart. <laughs> uh, so, uh, then he's like, great, we're going to check you. And then by then I was at eight centimeters. He's like, good luck. We're at eight centimeters. This is great. He's like, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, do you need a little bit more in your epidural? And I was like starting to have that breakthrough pain. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, so we're going to give you a little bit more. And then it's what's called laboring down where my body will work out the drugs so that we're hopefully timing it out where the epidural will still be working, but I won't. I will, excuse me, be incredibly numb to where I can push, okay? If you're too numb, you can't push. Correct. So now, they give me more drugs, okay? Um, and all of a sudden, I'm like this. Like, again, where I'm like, oh my God, I'm a documentary. I'm scrolling <laughs> out of the side of my mouth. So I looked at my mom and I go, I'm going to throw up. And she's like, what? I'm like, I'm going to throw up. So... Also, vomiting is like a very normal thing in labor, apparently. Um, also, so is having the chills. Whoa. I don't know if you, I had read about them before, but I thought it was just like, ooh, it's like kind of little nipply, you know, like you've got a sweater in a movie theater kind of situation. <laughs> no. This was full on like, like, yeah. could not convulse my body. And it's very jarring because you're like, you know, and again, thank God for my doula. And she's like, it's okay. It's just like the hormones. So your hormones are literally surging through your body so quickly to push out a baby. Yeah. At 218 pounds. <laughs> fucking just shake it. Okay. Even just my legs, you know, even they're moving. So now I've puked twice. I keep <laughs> up with these chills and I can't feel the bottom half of my body. And it's now 10 a.m the next day. So we're almost at 24 hours. Yeah. And I called in my new nurse, Lindsay, loved her too. Oh, she's <laughs> great. Very commanding voice. I appreciated her. A bear person, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I identify your nurse bear. That's your name. And <laughs> so, she, um, I'm like, hey, you got to give me more fluids. I'm too high. I can't keep my eyes open. Is that normal? And this, again, where nurses do this shit all the time every day, you know, like when you do something, it's like it's totally normal for you, you know? And people are like, how could you ever get on stage in front of people? I'm like, how could you ever be secure enough not to, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's just that routine. And she looks at me, she goes, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I forget, I do this all the time. You're totally safe. Like, obviously, we give you the proper amount. But if you want more fluids in your IV, I'm like, yeah, I can't stop throwing up. So now I've thrown up multiple times because they gave me too many narcotics. Oh, my God. Fluids in my IV. I'm starting to finally come back. I'm getting a little bit of breakthrough pain. It's 1030. We're at 10 centimeters. They're like, we're going to start pushing. Okay. So my okay so now i'm calling back in my spirit guides because i'm like so ready to push i'm like my baby is so close we're so close 
Yes. And, but it was so surreal because, like, obviously, I, again, I never, like, imagined this moment. Like, and, like, it just was the most, like, visceral thing where you're like, this is real. This is happening. I'm, like, going to push a baby out that's, like, mine like that'll grow up and like it's just not so then yeah then I'm like oh my god I'm gonna start bawling just thinking about it um, and also here's a weird thing it's like they don't teach you how to push until like you're there okay um so they're like okay here's what you're gonna do okay <laughs> here are the instructions after this entire, you know, ordeal I've been talking about for an hour, okay? So what you do is they're like, we will hold your legs up, because again, fat numb legs couldn't do it, okay? <laughs> So I've got my husband on one side, my doula on the other, hoisting up my legs. And then what I'm supposed to do is then pull my legs in towards me, round my back, put my chin down, and then you breathe in air, hold it, push for eight seconds, let out the air, pull the air back in for eight seconds, and then blow it out. And you have to do that three times in a row. I feel like they should just, like, as soon as you get to the room, they should show you that, and then you sign off on a piece of paper. Like, why at the very last minute? The, when the woman explained it to me, and I looked at her, and she goes... Because I looked at her like this, and she was like, do you want me to explain it again? And I go, somebody explain why I'm just learning this now. <laughs> like, it's easier to apply for unemployment, and that's been a fucking nightmare. Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so many steps. But I'm like, in the moment, I'm like, no time for jokes, LaForce. Like, you can do this. And I started to get, you know, because the showrunner in me, I started directing the room because I'm so exhausted and new people are coming in and then they're trying to tell you what to do. And I'm like, yeah, you haven't been here, okay? I'm <laughs> there was a charge nurse who came in, which means the nurse who's in charge. Yeah, have a seat, Joan, okay? She comes in, doesn't introduce herself to me, sits down and starts repeating what Nurse Bear Lindsay had already <laughs> And I, oh, for the whole hour and a half that I pushed, by the way, my eyes were not open because I was in so much pain. I just <laughs> kept my eyes closed. So at this point, I, Joan starts talking and I go, no, 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 no. I'm going to repeat it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Heard my, which I'm many things and, you know, I'm definitely very commanding and things, but I, am such a recovering people pleaser that I would like never normally speak to people like that. But at this point I'm like, fuck off, Joan. I got it. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, but it was smart. And I think that we should teach women and, and people giving birth uh, that more and more of like, you have to learn how to own the room. And I think just because of like auditioning where it's like, own the room, it's your time. Um, it's like a skill that I was more used to. So I did like at that point, I was like, okay, I'm gonna repeat back to you what I'm doing. And I repeated it back to them two times. And then they're like, okay, are you ready? I was like, yes, I'm ready, let's do this. And so I pushed like that series of three for an hour and a half straight. Mm. 
And then uh, my Dr. Dennis came back in and he goes, you know, cause then, you know, you're crowning where you can see the baby's head and he goes, well, your baby's got a lot of hair. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's do this. And, um, and then everybody's like going to look at it and I'm like, okay, there's not a lot to see here. Can we stay focused please? <laughs> um, let's get him out and then we can all observe him like a baby in a manger. Okay. Um, so then, uh, oh. the nurse explained to me, which I didn't, <laughs> which I didn't realize, which is all of these new people enter the room when you start pushing. So again, Lindsay, who fucking nailed it, was like, hey, here's what's about to happen. And like, you know, these big lights fell from the ceiling and then Dr. Dennis is there. And then um, they like, I mean, all of a sudden there's like, circus, it felt like Cirque du Soleil, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are tumbling out of the ceiling, <laughs> you know. And then there's just like a crew of people around me. And Dr. Dennis has been so jovial and, you know, full of laughter the whole time. And he looks up at me. It was the only time I opened my eyes. And he goes, uh, you're going to give me two in a row. They're going to be the best you've ever done. Are you ready? And I go, yeah. And he goes, you tell me when. Close your eyes. And I go, okay. And I close. And he goes, tell me when. And I was like, one, two, three. When? He goes, go. And so I pushed those two times in a row. And after the first one, he goes, one more, one more, one more. And then I gave him one more. And then Jonah just slipped out. And again, and I know, you know, uh, women and folks that have had babies will speak to this. I'm sure you can too, of when they put your baby on your chest. Again, I had never been able to see what that moment was. And like, all of a sudden there was like this being on me and I like lost it. I'm sure. The cry that like, I didn't even know. I mean, I'm sure part of it was just the relief of like, Oh yeah. my God, <laughs> I made it to the end of the road. Like just, I mean, complete elation of like the odyssey is done you know yeah. homer is tired you know <laughs> <laughs> but i was just beyond and i looked down is it i think it was one of the pictures i posted on instagram but he just like looked right up at me and like i was like oh, you know exactly who i am and it was this very beautiful moment and he like latched right away and like my mom is there my you know my do is this perfect perfect moment and then dr dennis is like dad do you want to cut the cord and we have this beautiful moment and then because you thought the story was over my friend but no um no coming in hot okay so all of a sudden i hear dr dennis go she's bleeding um, which was my biggest fear. Um, and again, where I'm like, oh my God, like this is it. Because again, the whole way I've been like, I know I've had this deep, deep feeling of something isn't right. And I didn't know what it was. And up until this moment, I'm like, oh, it was just how crazy this labor was. Now in a hospital, they have three codes that they, well, they might have other, like, you know, I'm sure they have a lot of different They probably have more than three. But yeah. in this instance, there's three, which is, uh, you know, uh, one is like basically like, think of it of like um, uh, green, yellow, red, right? Um, uh, of like importancy. So the third one is when they are basically coding you and they're taking you to surgery right away. They called the code before that. 
Um, and I was bleeding out and they didn't know what, they didn't know where it was coming from, okay? So I'm holding my baby with my husband in this moment where I'm like, my everything about like my soul is at peace. And I'm trying not to listen to Dr. Dennis. My mom, who again is a nerd practitioner, knows exactly what they're talking about. My mom starts to panic. My doula, thank God, who does this all the time and has seen very traumatic births is just like rubbing my arm and she's like, they're gonna figure it out. Stay present with your husband, stay present with Jonah, like is so calm and just talking me through. So I just zoned that out. Um, I would later come, so, so then, but because they call a code, now there's even more people around me. Everybody's trying to figure out, because you know, you only have like a minimal amount of time. You, if somebody's bleeding out, you either have to get that, you, you have to stop it, or you got to rush them to surgery right away. There's no other option. And all I'm thinking is, I'm like, okay, well, Jonah's here, and Alex is okay. So if something happens to me, like every, you know, and I mean, there's like so many things going through your mind. And that, I mean, obviously, spoiler, I'm okay. I made it. But um, <laughs> they, apparently my doctor had his fist all the way, like, so my doctor fisted me, um, like, all the way uh, in, in order to, that was the only way to, like, stop the pressure. Because apparently um, there were lacerations on my cervix. So it was bleeding. Sorry, this is kind of you know uh, graphic, but it uh, I was like bleeding out like a shower hose. So he basically was just trying to like keep it. Um, and then luckily, because I guess the only reason they didn't run me to surgery was if the blood had been coming from the other side of the uterine wall that they couldn't see, they were gonna have to rush me to surgery because they have to figure out why I'm bleeding. Um, but luckily, he basically just like stitched up you know, every single side of my insides and was able to get it to stop. So then he tested a couple other things once realized that like the bleeding had stopped, literally went from like the Circus Soleil situation, like, oh my God, we, you know, huge emergency, this woman might die if you don't get her to surgery, to taking off his gloves, kind of one of these, and then just goes, guys, congratulations, you did it, all right. And then just leaves. I'm like, this man just fucking saved my life. And now he's what, going to go and get like a sandwich? <laughs> and just. Yes. If you watch any episode of Grey's Anatomy, absolutely. <laughs> I, that's, I mean, that is so bonkers to me that somebody, I mean, again, I was like so grateful, which was why I chose him. But that was the other thing where I was like, I'm in the safest place I can be. I trust Dr. Dennis with my life. There's nothing else I can do. But just the immediacy of like, you know, of like doctor mode, then back into like, all right, kids, guys, <laughs> great baby, proud of you. And then just leaps, you know, I'm like, what the f happened? Then. They have to start checking out uh, Jonah, and they realize that his blood sugar is at 19. His blood sugar should be between 60 and 90. Jesus. So now they've told me I, I bled out a liter of blood, mind you. 
So now they're having to pump me for flu like full of fluids because I'm literally going like this. I'm like about to pass out. Had I lost any more blood, they have to give you blood transfusion. So um, again, this is now an hour 25, okay, 26. Um, and so now they're like, your baby's okay, but we have to r rush him to the NIC unit. Um, and your husband can come with us. I mean, again, I couldn't even stand. My legs were still completely numb. And so I'm like kissing Alex. I'm like, please go be with our baby. Alex is like so attentive. He's there. So now all of a sudden I'm just, this room had 30 people in it. And now it's just me, my mom. And like, that's it. And I'm like, my baby's not here. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, subsequently, anyway, the next three days, you know, it was so interesting because so he was in the NIC unit for three more days um, and uh, he's fine now. We just had him go back to the uh, pediatrician. I was a dermatologist. That'd be weird. Um, <laughs> the pediatrician on Monday. And uh, yeah, he's already up to like nine and a half pounds. So he's. He's good and healthy and everything is great, but um, really, Laura, it's a, a roller coaster. I, it was insane because then I've now had a baby that I'm supposed to be bonding with, but my, I mean, when they put these babies in the NIC unit, like they had like a little baby IV. He's got all these different because again, what I didn't realize is like, you know, hospitals get sued for shit all the time. So they have insane rules. Like they kind of remind you of like that teacher you had in high school that like made everybody follow the rules that like nobody else had to follow. And you're like, no one fucking, no one cares about these rules. Like this is fucking stupid. No one likes your class. That's what it feels like going to a hospital, except you're paying them like fucking $50,000 to be there and hate it. <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> so that's what was so frustrating because, you know, they have him on all of this stuff, but again, they do this all the time. So nobody is like communicating to me like, hey, your baby isn't like at risk of losing their life. Like nobody's telling me that, but you're looking at this tiny, tiny human that you just gave birth to who has an IV and then, um, you know, has all these different heart monitors and everything beeps in there. Like, and then there's all these other baby, like, I mean, and then everybody's walking around like it's fucking normal. And I'm like, just, I mean, it was the most insane thing. And it gave me so much compassion for people that are either terminally ill, dealing with folks that are terminally ill. Like, it's not a great environment. And, you know, it's like, hopefully you get a few really good nurses or doctors. But like, on the whole, a lot of people are just showing up to work clocking in and clocking out and um anyway it was uh not yeah yeah it, yeah it was really really PTPD. yeah i mean it's it's really true where you know it took me a couple days like now i feel better and i feel like very bonded to jonah but you know they have to like i didn't get to breastfeed him so he and i like the last couple of days had to like relearn how to do that because they had to formula bottle feed him because wow. they're you know they've got to just mark all these checks and say like you know baby's good and all this stuff so it's like was just the most disconnected feeling in the world and again 
thank God for my mom, who's in hospitals all the time. And she's like, I mean, luckily they ended up discharging him on Monday, but my mom called and she was like, oh, if they don't discharge him today, she's like, I'm going in there and like, we are getting him discharged. Because she was like, this is bullshit. It's because it's the weekend and they're understaffed and they're in no hurry. So they're not, you know, they're not concerned if your son is going home. If their beds are not full, they're not in any hurry because they're overloaded because they're understaffed. And she's like, so no, fuck that. We're not doing this. Like, we're getting your baby out. <laughs> like, talk about mama bear. She's like, oh no, fuck this. Um, so, you know, and obviously, like, that's how I felt too. Of like, dude, if he's fine to come home, like, I, you know, and then it was like having to pull teeth to walk around and go, can somebody tell me what's going on? Like, that was the other crazy thing where everyone's just like, oh, do, 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 blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You know, like, what are you circus freaks fucking doing? Like, what is happening here? You know? And so anyway, he got to come home, but there was one nurse, Nurse Chris, who like, and I knew it from the moment that I saw her. And when she came around the corner and like, I'm like, oh, again, I don't know if she was a bear person, but she certainly was a homie. And she made me feel so good. And she's like, how you doing, mama? And I'm like, I, you know, like actually talk to me like a human. She's like, listen, he's going to be all right. Here's what we're going to do. And like walked us through everything, like set us up with like all this paperwork that we needed, like just crushed it, you know? And it was like the, the dissonance between people that were working there and just like, you know, doing their job versus like nurses and doctors who had empathy and compassion and understood how to like talk to people where it's like, I just gave birth to this baby two days ago and I've barely been able to hold him and he's got an IV and all these different things. Like, take two seconds and look me in the eye and like, tell me what's going on, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I, uh, you're not the only person, you know, who's experienced um, poor communication in a hospital room. You're not the only person who's experienced um, just, it, that sounds super duper traumatic and it's because they weren't that communicative. And so I, I don't know. I mean, my main question is like, how do we allow every, you know, mother to be to have a, a better experience because it certainly isn't that. And, you know, I, I didn't have that bad of an experience. Um, it went very smoothly. I was also super young and super naive. Um, and so I think that's why I'm like, you know, not only am I, I, and I, I want to hear about your journey, but I think it's really important as like actual adults, not young moms who are, you know, kind of like they're there, but they're not there. I think it's really important to hear about these experiences from adult women um, who are mentally present for the whole entire thing. Um, that's awful. I mean, some of it was real is, is really great. Your doctor sounds amazing. Some of the 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 nurses that you met sound amazing but just the non-communication about taking your baby like absolutely not not okay not yeah well even what you said yeah hospitals need to stop being businesses and start really being places to take care of people physically and emotionally what yeah, exactly. 
And, you know, it was like, that was the huge thing that I really came to realize. And there, there are a lot of um, uh, healers and doulas and uh, folks that are doing birthing classes, prenatal classes, things like that, that are advocating and teaching women uh, and people who give birth uh, to advocate for themselves in hospitals. But yeah. It's, I had, and I kept hearing it, you know, but to a certain extent, I was like, I um, was really surprised that uh, it was as poorly run as it was. Like, or, and maybe it's just from working in Hollywood where like, if I only have 12 hours to get three scenes shot and there's, it's a million dollar day, you don't yeah. get another day. You know, yeah. you cost yeah. a day, you're out of job. Like it has to get done. So I'm, I'm used to, you know, like I, I'm used to a well-oiled ship. Yes. And, and seeing how the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing and, you know, I mean, and there were these truly bare instincts now that are coming out. And obviously, you know, you have a kid as well of like those maternal instincts that come out. I'm like, oh, now I'm not even just fighting for me. So, yeah. like, you know, I would maybe be nice to you if it was about me. But like, this is now about my kid. So yeah. Get your shit together. Um, but yeah. yeah I, Sid, Sid was... Um... Uh, so Sid had jaundice when she came out and she was in the hospital for about four days. Um, the first, I think the first two I was able to stay and then we went home and then I would visit her in the hospital, which was so fucking, uh, I don't know, like there has to be a better system, you know, because a new mother without her child you know, having the hospital say, oh, you can go home now and you can visit her whenever you want, like, was just so wild to me. So fucking wild. Like, a new mother and, you know, her, you know, her, her baby, they're, they're apart. That just doesn't, that's not logical to me. Um, so I don't know. I, I wish there's a way that, I mean, okay, so I do have a question. If you had the option, given everything that happened, would you have done it in a very natural environment? Or would you still have, would you still have preferred being in a hospital? Well, I chose to do it in a hospital because I'm like, birth is unpredictable. And had, had my mindset was if something were to go wrong, I don't want to go from a birthing center or at home to a hospital. I already want to be in the room where it happens. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, as as holistic as I am and as spiritual as I am, um, you know, it's also it's the balance of both, which, you know, it's the same reason why I consider myself a healer, but I also, I heal through comedy. You know, it's like, I, you're not going to come to me for Reiki, but you know, it's like, I think I can realign your chakras, just, you know, sit and listen to me for 30 minutes. But, um, so it's always that balance. And I think it was the same thing for me with a hospital of like, I can 
um, utilize all the spiritual elements that I need through my doula and through myself. Um, but that I just really wanted to be at a hospital, Lord forbid, if something happened. And lo and behold, something happened. And, yeah. you know, luckily, like, we're okay because of modern medicine. So there are a lot of really beautiful things. And that's not to say people have to give birth in a hospital. You know, really? everybody's different, you know, obviously. That should go without saying. But um, I'm really glad with all the choices we made. And in fact, you know, other than Jonah having to be in uh, the NICU, I don't think I would even change my experience. Because I literally, like, this was the part that I had texted you where I was like, <laughs> when I was like, dude, because uh, you're like, hey, would you be interested in sharing this on the podcast? And I was like, uh, yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> and I was like, all I'm going to tell you is, like, I'm a bear now, and I'm not scared of anything. Uh, and it's true. Greatest, one of the greatest texts ever sent to me. I mean, I. Because I did some wild shit, and I was like, motherhood has brought her over to the other fucking side man <laughs> it's like i i am so grateful for that like obviously the gift of my son but I mean, the gift of freedom like yeah. i literally feel i just got goosebumps i literally feel free from any like fear I like I, I I'm at this place now. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, my fuck. Yeah, I am a bear motherfucker. Like, I'm not scared of anything. Like, I'm really not where, you know, I mean, obviously, comedy and Hollywood, all those things like ask you to be fearless, but there's still so much fear in Hollywood. Everybody's so fucking scared. You can smell it. And myself included for so long. And I feel like I literally got to the other side of this experience. And I was like, Oh, I fear nothing. I'm like, I, I, I am not, and that's not in like an egotistical way of like, oh, I can do whatever I want, but more of, yeah, this real sense of freedom of like, I am genuinely just like, not scared. There's nothing, you know, I think especially it's like once you um, have a baby and like experience something like that too, it's like, oh, we are capable of impossible things. And being able to own that and feel that literally in your body. Like, I think that's the other thing. Just like, you know, manifestation or journaling or whatever tools you use, you know, like, those are important. But it's, it always starts here. And then you have to, like, implement it in your body for it to be real. And I feel like this one happened in my body and, like, manifested outward. And I've never had an experience like that. Um, yeah, I... Um it took me a very long time to tap into, you know, um, feeling empowered as a mother and then being able to kind of lift out of my body and feel my power. And I think it happened super quickly for you because I mean, I can, I can feel that change there. There is a change. There is like, Oh, no, motherfucker. No, 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 no. You're not going to mess with me. You're not going to um, uh, um, I want to say, like, keep you in a box. Yeah, I guess keep you in a box. You know, going back to what you said about I wish women felt more empowered in the birthing room. Like, 
you, you know, some women um, kind of hold to fear and maybe wouldn't have been so vocal as you were in, in the birthing room. And I, I think, you know, the whole experience from, you know, you getting that massage, having this kind of, I mean, I'm going to call it what it is. It was basically a past life regression. It was probably the same amount of money anyway. And, you know, to, you know, Jonah, you know, being in the, was it in the ICU room? Um, you know, I think you have, you were very empowered in a short amount of time. And, you know, I think only that comes from, you know, really being self-aware and being, you know, spiritually in tune, which is one of my questions that I have for you. You were already very spiritual. Do you find that your spirituality has changed or has gotten more, has it shifted since you've had Jonah? You know, the, um, the quote, well, one thing I want to say, uh, it's funny because it was like when you, I said, I wouldn't take anything back except Jonah going to the ICU. And then someone said, even the seizure like chills. No, those could go too. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> uh, not know about the pushing. No, my doula did know. And, but when I had asked Stacy in the beginning and she said, there's no point in teaching you how to push yet because I don't know where you're going to be then which is uh, teach you because if I had an epidural, they, they teach you one way. If you, if you're like, because if I was unmedicated, you could opt to give birth on all fours. You could, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But you push. So that's why they didn't teach me ahead of time. Um, and yes, you're absolutely right that the journey that I shared with Jonah, I also feel like, I'm sure every mother feels this way of like incredibly bonded to their baby, like no matter what, but it was this thing where I was like, Oh, you and I like are soulmates. Like this is not the first time our souls are meeting. Like I don't know what you're here to do, but like, you're going to fuck some shit up, you know? Yeah. Um, but also like, uh, stop being so fussy at night. You know what I mean? <laughs> Tired. Um, but, uh, do I feel more spiritual? The quote, um, what is it like, uh, you know, visualize who you want to be and show up as her mm -hmm. or no, something like that. I'm butchering it, but basically it's like, you know, whoever you believe yourself to be, you are right. And to me, a lot of that is the, the good side of the quote of like, fake it till you make it. Like, I feel like for three years, the woman that I've been wanting to embody I feel like I crossed over to the other side. I'm like, oh, I really, I just got goosebumps again. I'm like, I, she's here. Like every step of the way, every single choice, like choosing not to drink, like choosing, you know, a, a, a husband and a partner who loves me and communicates rather than self-sabotaging and, you know, going back to what I know or like, you know, choosing to do shit that really scares me, you know, choosing to pitch a television show, even though it's terrifying. And like, you know, all of these things, every single one of those steps led me to now I feel like I've fully embodied like, oh, who I had like envisioned is really who I am now. 
and it feels way more drastic than any other iteration of change. Like I was looking on my Instagram of like some of the pictures of um, like my maternity photo shoot that I did. And I'm like, I don't even know who that bitch is. Like, I'm like, I don't, you know what I mean? I'm like, bye girl, you know, like, cool, cool, cool. Thanks for the lessons. Like, I'm like, she feels so far away from who I am and not necessarily in a good or a bad way. I just have never felt so quickly such distance between, you know, who I was and who I am now. And I think I'm still processing through it. Like, I really thought I was going to struggle a lot more. I mean, I'm only 12 days in, but with postpartum of being bored and being home and being, and I'm like, oh, this is the most beautiful time and I'm going to do everything I can, even with the moments where Jonah's losing his mind and Alex getting frustrated. We can't find a diaper and we're like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, why are we bad at this? Like, all the crazy moments and then the beautiful, peaceful moments. Like, I just really want to spend this time being so rooted in it because I know how quickly it's going to be done. You know, yeah. and I have plenty of time to go back and do, you know, tell fucking yuck yucks on stage, you know, to people who paid to see people more famous than me. So, yeah, that's that's how I wrote this down. Um, I'm not sure if you are suffering from postpartum. I'm not going to you know, guess that, but we wanted to stigmatize postpartum and anything shame-based that's related to being a new mother. Um, what are some of the issues that we should be discussing? Uh, raising babies is fucking hard. You want to know why? I mean, obviously I know that postpartum depression is chemical. Uh, it's also environmental. Would you have no time to rest your body that's literally just been through war and now you're having to take care of a baby and you have crazy hormones. Maybe you have a partner at home, maybe you don't, maybe you have resources, maybe you don't. Like, that shit will make you fucking nuts. Yeah. Oh, my mom, like, we've just been letting women do this? Like, it's mind-boggling to me. And, you know, it's like, I... Again, it's like that bear on like two, it's like don't even fucking come for women anymore about like snapback culture or needing time off or like, oh, hormones, get the fuck out of here. I have no tolerance for it because it is, I mean, learning to keep a human alive is insane. I mean, I was writing jokes about it and I want to be like, if you're out there and you're like, I've been thinking about having a baby, don't. Don't do it. Don't unless you know with every part of yourself that you're like, I was born to be a mom. Shut the fuck up. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's it is the most taxing, insane job. It's crazy. It's crazy to me that uh, let <laughs> people do it. I've been saying this for fucking years, feeling so shameful that I the words come out of my mouth. I say it. I've been saying this for years. Don't have a child. Don't have a kid because so much comes with it. You have no fucking idea. They might be cute and bubbly and, and chubby and with fucking thunder thighs and fucking bubbles out of their mouth. 
I, I don't care. It's adorable for like a hot second. The reality is it is so much work. It is so much work. It's not even keeping them alive. It's their mental well-being. It's making sure that you really see them, like for who they are, see them and encourage that so they can grow up and be fabulous people with wonderful self-esteem. And it is so fucking much. It's so much. It, it's, you know, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm like, it's crazy to me that like people are just, can just do it. You know, just, you're just allowed to have, yeah. you shouldn't be, you should, yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, my uh, humble plug for another show, my husband and I made a show called Highly Unlikely, uh, go to my Instagram and you can watch it, uh, season two, coming in the fall. Anyway, um, one of the episodes that we did was on what it takes to become a Navy SEAL, and I mm. was like, yeah. They should put people who think they want to have kids through this same fucking rigmarole. Because Absolutely. how many days can you go without sleep? How well can you communicate? How do you, I mean, it's, I mean, I had to speak up. Alex has been a fucking phenomenal, phenomenal co-parent. I mean, I'm not surprised. Um, but I was surprised by how much I needed. And I had to speak up because we were still making a lot of time for him to get to go out and do a couple like you know some stand-up shows and then you know getting to the gym and some other things that are self-care for him and Absolutely. want to make space for him to do those things um but i was like hey uh i need to make healing my body the number one priority because if i am not healed i can't show up for jonah so then it's just the blind leading the blind. And I'm like, so, you know, so now I've been sleeping through the night and Alex has been getting up with Jonah during the night. Cause I'm like, I got to get healed and get my mind right. Cause I had one day that I was in my head and I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. And I'm like, this is a slippery slope. And I don't like, I don't like the pool at the bottom. Okay. So we got to get this shit right. And you know, <laughs> because you're hormonal and you're crying and then you know I don't want my husband to look at me and, and be like oh it's just like hormones or whatever you know because that's <laughs> I'm really gonna lose my mind and you know it's to me obviously I know that I mean I think men are strong in their own right but I, I the the amount of we do not we do not we we do women such a huge fucking disservice in our in our society and in our world of like the fact that women are not more dominant in in world affairs and shit like that i mean i'm like i don't know if you have a baby and you make it through to the other side yeah you can you can fucking be a congresswoman okay like you know i mean it's just the the amount of power and prowess um attention to detail the ability to double task the ability like i mean all of these things i've just had like so many fucking messages coming through that i want to share both in a comedic setting and also as a speaker of like you know to your point of i mean even just as far as like you know snapback culture i'm like dude it took you fucking 10 months to make a human and then you still have to heal for eight weeks, but now you think you should be in a bikini again? Like, bitch, take a nap, you know? <laughs> like, fuck them. 
fuck them. Like, they, I mean, it is just like. So you're saying you're saying that being a mother can be on a resume. One hundred percent. I also think women who choose to not have children are badasses. Let me say that as well. I don't think you have to, you know, have a baby to be a badass. Absolutely. This is just my new experience. But, you know, um, but I also think it is really great for women who have had children to share, you know, the real true realities with their, uh, you know, uh, friends that are who identify as women that are choosing not to have children, because mm -hmm. I think really continuing that bond, you know, between women who have because I think a lot of times then you have like mostly just mom friends. Yeah. So really important to also stay connected with women um, that are choosing to not have children. I think right. relationships are just as important. Um, so there, I mean, you and I, we could continue to have conversations around this because I would love to keep, uh, you know, talking about it and sharing about it. And um, I would love Alex and I, uh, I have decided that as, as, as my platform begins to grow more and more, like, you know, I really am very passionate about uh, continuing to fight in our country to have the government. We need a government where, you know, people are issued uh, maternity and paternity leave. It should not be through your company. It should absolutely be in the same way you can apply for unemployment benefits. You know, you and your partner, they don't even have to be, you know, the father. If you need one person to stay home with you because one person cannot raise a baby and take care of a baby by themselves. I mean, you can't even go to the bathroom. Like, you can't do anything. You know, people need more than one person. And, you know, if we fucking Jeff Bezos can go to space for no fucking reason, you know, with government assisted money, we can figure out how to, you know, throw a mere $5,000 per person in our country so that we can maintain our fucking sanity. And, you know, it's like, it's so easy for people to be like, oh, we care about mental health. It's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You love to tell people that you do because then people will vote for you, but nothing about the services that we have available is saying that we care about mental health. And, you know, it's like, we need to be doing better for our citizens and we need to be doing better for our people. Um, and so that has definitely become like a huge point of, you know, passion for me because also it's like, it's not a thing that, um, you know, birth is also a thing that like affects all of us equally. And, um, and mandated paternity leave too, so that it is not a factor when hiring based on gender. Well, agreed. And that's the thing where it's like, you know, I think, uh, yeah, it's like, it, it shouldn't be that at all. It should be whoever the person who's giving birth and then they get to choose one person that's their point person that will stay home with them because you need two people. And, you know, it's like, it needs to come from the government. So it doesn't matter how many resources you have or if you don't have any resources or, you know, your race, any of those identifiers that our country loves arguing about, you know, it's like, it, it should not, none of that is a factor. This is about life. This is about human life. And frankly, we have the money to do it. So it should be non-negotiable. So that's well, what um, huge, uh, you know, thing. whatever resources you find, um, you know, share with us, uh, you know, so you can, 
so we can all be in it together because I absolutely 100% agree. Um, my experience of being a new mom was vastly different than yours. And man, I would have really appreciated I mean, everything you're saying is spot on. And, you know, we have other countries that, you know, do just that. Um, you know, they are, it's mandated uh, uh, maternity and paternity leave. I, I think France is doing that now. Um, where they a whole year I mean yeah you need a, a whole year you know America's not yeah. oh yeah it's like it's 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 months and months and months yeah um, and I think it's really important to be able to you know just like going back to the experience that you had with Jonah is you know him being rushed to the ICU room or you know Sid being rushed to the ICU room and you know like those little moments, they count, you know, like when you're away from them, they, they count and they, they leave, it, it leaves a lasting, um, maybe not Mark, but a memory on, you know, for you. Um, okay. I know we're at 840 now, whoever is stuck, I know who's stuck with us, you know, I see Laura and, you know, thank you for, you know, it's been almost two hours, but you're extremely entertaining. I oh, thank you. I just I haven't been able to share about this yet, so it's been like, you know, this like fucked up thing. This is your no. This is your your time. Please share away. Um, you know, if you guys need to leave, you can always come back and you know watch the rest of it. Um, I wanted to play a game with you called Instagram versus reality. Um, and it's, you know, around being a new mom, uh, Instagram versus reality. I don't know. This is a working title. You're better at the pitching titles. I mean, I'm pretty clear. I know what game I'm playing. So I feel like you nailed it. Yeah. You haven't shown us like, you know, like any, like, oh shit, shit's like on fire, you know, like shit's going down. How's Jonah Pete in your face yet? Uh, Yes. Perfect. It hasn't hit my face because I've been yeah. very aware, but yeah, I've already been peed on multiple times. Love. Have you been horny or no? Uh, oh, I am very turned on by my husband, but luckily my perennium is so, it's like, I mean, wow, it's still going to be a while, but yeah, it's hard. Like, and then I think he's weirded out because like he's so tired and like, I'm like, you look like really good. He's like, what are you talking about? You know, cause he's like half awake. Um, but oh yeah, my hormones are just raging. <laughs> um, has breastfeeding been easy or challenging? Oh, very challenging. Um, yeah, that, that's another thing that people need. I think we are talking about that more and more, but you have this idea of just like, oh, this little babe and they just latch and it doesn't hurt and it's great. It's like, dude, it's, I, I mean, Awful. Oh, who? Um, yeah. I'm just grateful that Jonah and I have gotten back to a place where he is uh, latching and, and we're nursing again. Cause I was just like, I had already decided like, okay, well, if formula is all he takes or bottles is all he takes and that's as far as we've come, he's alive. He'll be fine. Plenty of babies. You know, again, it's not the hill I'm going to die on. People like breast is best. It's like fed is best. Okay. Just <laughs> and calm down, you know? Um, but no, I feel very, very grateful that we've uh, found our, our way again, but it's really hard. I mean, I had to like, 
that's been a lot of what the last week has been so hard because I have to wake him up before I knew he would get hungry so I could do skin to skin so he could remember. And then, you know, sometimes he would latch and let go and latch and let go because he wasn't associating me with food anymore. He was associating me with comfort and the bottle with food. So yeah. I had to slowly, you know, rewire that, but we were able to do it. Um, how tired are you from a scale on a scale from one to 10? <laughs> um, I so tired that I had to run to Target today to pick something up. And I walked to my car and I'm like, this is in my car and walked around the parking lot, walked back to my car and it went, and again went, no, this is in my car. I'm not kidding you. And then finally I was like, what the fuck? Yes, that's your car. Um, and so that's how tired I am. I'm, I'm a little bit, admittedly though, I'm a little bit better today because Alex has been taking the night shift. So I've been able to get a little bit more caught up, but yeah. So probably now I'm hovering at like a seven, but for a while I was at like a 14. Good. Um, and last but not least, uh, if you could go on a vacay and leave Jonah right now, would you? <laughs> no, but I would love to go on. If it was easier to travel with kids, we would for sure, we would go to Bali. And I would just like, I'd just sack him up and just, you know, <laughs> we'd do the thing. I'd be like, dude, Sorry, your first month, you just partying with mom and dad in Bali, because, you know. <laughs> no, we actually had an opportunity to go uh, to Israel. Um, it's a long story, but it was canceled because of COVID. And then they called us and they were like, you won the trip. Do you want to go? And we were like, uh, well, poor timing. We just had a baby. Um, yeah. So, so we had to let that go. But um, obviously things over there are pretty crazy right now anyway. So, um, but anyway, yeah. Oh, babe. That's it. You, you really took us through a journey. Also, you look like one of those images, like, you know, like, like the, like, 16th chapel or whatever it's fucking called. And, like, the woman's wearing a halo, like, just chilling. And she looks, like, really stunning and beautiful. You look like that. So you came, yeah. you came other side looking like i don't know a godly figure thank you also you're fiery like you you were fiery but not like this and i fucking love it so much it's that it's that it's that bear energy man I'm it's a fucking bear energy i i'm in love with your journey oh. and i think it's really it's really wild, um, but also, I mean, I had I had an experience before Sid came along too. It was like way more like watered down than that. It you know was for like about an hour, but it's really insane what you know the mind, body, and soul can do when you're it's all aligned you know yeah it um it feels good it feels like a story i'm gonna tell for a while it feels like um there's a lot to share i feel like it was my experience because i also feel like a lot of the experiences i've had in my life are uh not that i'm like a martyr or anything and also like i'm incredibly blessed so don't listen to me but also listen to parts of it um which <laughs> 
a lot of my experiences that have been more emotionally difficult um, I've had in order to be able to share about them. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, with great privilege comes great responsibility. And I think it's a lot of that too, because, you know, not that it's like, you know, I don't want to be like another white woman in her thirties. It's like, let me tell you about life. Um, it's, that's not the intention. The intention is more of, you know, I think too, where it's like folks that do not have part of the, you know, certain privileges that I have in my life, um, is because they don't have, you know, they don't have the opportunity to speak and to share about a lot of things. And so I feel a great sense of responsibility to share about the things that are, I think, appropriate for me to share um, in spaces that are appropriate for me to share um, and connecting with more and more people and specifically with women that um, have these things to share and, and to learn. So I think this was just one of those experiences. And the, I'll say this, and then I probably should go and relieve my in-laws and take care of my son. Um, but one of the other great things that came out of this is uh, Alex and I felt very called to uh, help folks that don't have as many resources because we have been so blessed through our registry and people gifting us things and uh everything like that and having each other to uh, raise Jonah together um, that we've started something called Jonah's closet. Um, and we're going to have some storage units. It'll start out as one. Hopefully if it continues to grow, we'll have a few around the city where people can donate uh, money. They can donate financially and we can uh, buy other baby supplies. Um, also, if anybody has old stuff, uh, you know, no, we don't want to take anything broken. We want to be able to gift uh, things of value to families because, you know, I want to continue to instill value uh, in all people. So I don't want your broken gross shit, but things that are of value that are still working that could go uh, to folks, um, we will have that available. So it's no questions asked. You don't, you know, take whatever you need. You can take everything that's available. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah, of just kind of recirculating stuff and, and creating uh, spaces for people because it's expensive. It's expensive to have a baby. Um, babies require a lot of things. Uh, and there are a lot of, there is a lot of stuff out there. And there's a lot of very wealthy people in LA that have no business with stuff anymore, that there are plenty of people that, you know, uh, need these resources. So um, all of this is only coming to fruition in like the last 24 hours. Uh, but we're, um, going to start talking about it more and more maybe do like a fundraiser comedy show uh to get more people out and aware of it as well so uh um i can't read that uh greed oh you are a great mentor and person who shares important subjects with the best bigger picture in mind love 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 i agree but thank you guys for, you know, watching this as though it's a Judd Apatow movie. Went a little too long, but it was pretty funny overall. You know? <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm not going to give you any notes, you know. <laughs> it's the first draft. You'll make it a tight maybe 45 down the road. <laughs> we'll, tight, we'll tighten her up. We'll tighten her up. Um, no, I think it was perfect. I'm glad that we were able to hear every detail and... I'm just, I'm really happy that you're okay. And I'm happy that Jonah's okay. And 
I'm really happy that you guys are just figuring it all out because that's what you do as new parents. You just figure it all out. Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Patience and all that. I mean, again, like I said, there's so many like messages coming through that I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to talk about this thing. I've got to share about this thing. Um, we'll talk more about it. Yeah. yeah. We'll keep talking about it. But um, thank you for allowing me just to rant for two hours and listening and, and holding space. And um, yeah, thank you to so many people stayed through with us and watched and uh, everybody who rewatches this. And um, yeah, and even if somebody who's watching this has more uh, access to uh, where to get involved for, uh, you know, initiatives that are creating maternity, paternity leave, those types of things, uh, people want to donate uh, anything to Jonah's Closet, et cetera, or get involved. Uh, yeah, DM us and let us know. Yeah, let's start spreading this information around because I know a lot of, um, oh, Laura. Um, mwah, mwah, mwah. Um, I know that a lot of the people who, you know, come in and listen are women. Um, and I, you know, I know that we're all pretty like-minded here. And uh, it's important to really fight that. I, I think mothers and fathers really need that time. So, um, you know, whoever has information, we'll start looking. I know you'll, you're, you're starting to deep dive into that. Um, but definitely something that I'm interested in as well as a mom, you know. Yeah. Well, guys, that was another episode of Basic <laughs> We did it. I am your host, Rachel LaForce. And I am your host, Brandy, and thank you for tuning in. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. Time, weather, and... Bye,